Welcome to the podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd also like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.45, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. I am glad to uh, be here and have you here this morning. It's uh, such a wonderful day and and uh, giving God a, a day of our lives is, is not nearly enough, but we uh, do have this opportunity. Uh, I've got to tell you about uh, Brother Riley. Uh, when I first started preaching, I was a, a layperson at, uh, at Southside Methodist Church in Monroe. And uh, which later became Lee Joyner. And uh, I started out in, in ministry, and the first thing I had to do was go to licensed preschool. And it was held right here at Trinity, Riley. And how many years was that? More than you can remember? Okay. But anyway, uh, uh, we would get here, uh, I think it was like 12 or 13, 14 Saturdays, we'd spend the day over here in Lyson Preschool, and, and Raleigh was the director of the Lyson Preschool, that's where I first met Raleigh, and he would always come in, and Raleigh, your famous saying was carpe diem, was that right? Seize the day. Have y'all ever heard that before out of Raleigh? Probably more than you wanted to hear it, but um, but I'm going to be talking to you a little bit this morning about seizing the day, sort of. Uh, it, it will be relevant. But as we think about uh, the message today, let's look at the scripture reading. Um, my friend, uh, Reverend Juliet Spencer, really pulled a slick one on me today. She gave me one of those good scriptures uh, theologically to, to share with y'all, and it's found, of course, in the book of James. And it says this, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, And one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet do not supply their bodily needs. What is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. This is word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Reverend. Daniel Johnson, uh, longtime Baptist pastor, was telling a story about his oldest daughter when she was just in pre-K. And so she brought home a flyer from the school advising them of an upcoming event that was happening at school, and it was uh, called Show and Tell, Show and Tell. And so she had to bring a particular item to school, and then she had to tell the folks at school how that uh, item had spoken to her in her life, how important it was to her. And so Reverend Johnson and his wife got real excited, and they went to 
the daughter's bedroom and they started going through things thinking, what could we give her that she would really uh, be able to say that she felt that was important in her life? And so she came up and, and asked them what that they were doing. And of course, they told them, they said, uh, you're going to have an event at school tomorrow uh, called Show and Tell. And we're looking for something for you to take. Well, she had the saddest look come over her face. She actually had tears running down her cheeks and got hysterical crying and ran out of the bedroom into the living room and buried her head in the sofa crying. Well, of course, they couldn't understand what was going on. And so they followed her and they asked her when they got in there, what is wrong? What is wrong? And of course, she continued to cry and she finally said that she didn't want to go to school tomorrow. And they said, well, why don't you want to go to school tomorrow? She said, I don't want to go to school tomorrow and show my tail. You know, unfortunately, sometimes we misunderstand things quite like that. Show and tell was something that she didn't know how to react to. She didn't know, so she became confused and full of fear, anxiety. After a simple explanation, though, of what it was about, she found an item that was important to her and was very, very happy. When Juliet asked me to preach, she gave me this scripture reading, and she may or may not have understood the confusing part that it was going to be in this passage, because it's a theological debate that has gone on for a long time over this reading from James. Many believers, you know, when they look at things like this, they're like the little girl, though. They, they lack a clue to really the true meaning of what's being said. And so they freeze, they become confused, and they don't want to talk about those issues that seem too difficult to share with one another. Well, this morning, I hope I can clarify a little bit of this for you, the theology that's confusing. When we read the text, we learn that faith is not stagnant. It's not at rest. It's always fluid. It's moving. It goes from one place to the other. It grows and moves forward. I tell my Sunday school class here at the church that uh, I pray every day that the next day will be a better day and I'll be drawn closer to Christ that day than I was this day. And I pray that every day. Does that always happen? Well, it does by my age. I'm always going closer to Christ the older I get. Of course, I'm not as old as Raleigh, so um, he's a lot closer than I am. But anyway, uh, faith is something that is always moving. It's always moving. It never stands still, and, and it's not meant to. And so faith will always reveal itself in more than just words. It reveals itself in action. 
The great confusion of the passage deals primarily with salvation. And there's a paraphrasing of what is being said in this reading in a literal sense. And it goes like this. Faith plus nothing equals nothing. I was thinking about that statement and uh, how James referred to faith without works is dead. And uh, I got to thinking about that. And it was uh, something that I thought, well, this is going to be difficult to explain. But what I found out was is faith will reveal itself in action. In Matthew's gospel account, John the Baptist speaks of this idea. You remember when he was baptizing in the River Jordan, Jesus was being baptized by John. There were the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they approached the river uh, not necessarily believing anything special, but just in case they would go on and get baptized uh, in case they were wrong. That's not a real sign of faith. It's more of a sign of, you know, I just want to be careful. But uh, John the Baptist stopped immediately and he looked at them and he called them something that I have never had the courage to call anybody in church before. And he said, you brood of vipers. Any vipers in here today? No. But he said this because he knew that they weren't sincere. They had no faith in a Messiah. They had only faith in themselves. And they said this. They said, you know, Abraham is our father. So they believed that Abraham was going to be the one to save them, to grant them salvation. But the fact of the matter was that they would learn eventually that it was Jesus who offers the salvation. And the reason why it's not because of being a child of Abraham, it's being a child of God and it changes you, transforms your life. You're not the same when you come to Jesus. Jesus even spoke these words. He said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I want to clarify the words for you. Once a person comes to Christ as a believer, and this, by the way, is who James's audience is, is believers, they will illuminate God in their life. Their works will be seen by the world. Their faith will show evidence. Not simply talking about faith, but actually having it demonstrated. One thing is for sure God knows if our faith is genuine. Rick Warren, a well-known author and pastor, once said there were two basic reasons people don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. First, 
they've never met a Christian. Secondly, they have met a Christian. That's a troubling statement. And it's sad because the world needs to know that they are loved. James's theme in this passage is that of faith. Faith with action. Encouraging people to live their life out where their faith can be seen and witnessed to give God glory in their lives. There's a story told about two men who were having a debate over faith and works, and they were in a rowboat. And the man that was rowing the boat had two oars to row the boat with, and he told the other man, he said, I think we can settle our debate right here. He said, you see, I have two oars. In my right hand, this oar is called faith. He said, uh, in this hand, the oar is called works. He said, now I could take the right hand, the faith oar, and I can paddle and I can paddle. And you know what's going to happen? We're going to go round and round, round and round. Or I can take the one in my left hand, the works or and I can paddle with it you know what's going to happen we're going to go round and round we're not going to get anywhere we're not going to move forward at all in our faith journey but he said when I take both faith and works paddles and I roll them together we make progress we move forward and so that really is what James is trying to tell us. You know, we have to use both of them because one without the other is really not enough. I'll give you a practical example of what I'm talking about. My home church, when I went into ministry, of course, was Southside United Methodist. And uh, it hadn't yet been renamed Lee Joyner. But my pastor at the time was Brother Joe Solomon. And uh, my wife was a secretary at the church. And she worked there every day. And I went to pick her up for lunch one day. And Brother Joe was there. And he had an issue that he had to take care of. There was an elderly gentleman that had called up the church angry And so he wanted to talk to the preacher. And so Joe looked at me and he said, I don't know who this guy is, but you come go with me. And I thought to myself, you picked a poor bodyguard. (laughs) But I drove, I went over with him, rode with him. And we walked in this man's apartment. And the man, you could tell he was angry and belligerent. And it was evident that he was starving for some compassion to have someone tell him that he was cared for, that somebody thought something of him. And as I was there, I was still brand new, trying to figure what it was going to be like to be a pastor. 
And Joe did one of the things that uh, I think is a famous Wesley question. He asked the man a simple question, how are things with your soul? And the man looked at him and he began to choke up a little bit. And he said this, he said, out of all of my years, no one has ever spoken to me about my soul. No one has ever spoken to me. You know, you and I and, and a lot of other people in this world, I'm guilty. I preached myself, by the way. But we ask ourselves many things. But the things we talk about are like the weather. Oh, boy, it's cool outside. Enjoying that. We talk about uh, uh, sports. Hey, man, them Bulldogs did it or whoever your team is. We talk about health issues. Boy, old author is kicking in today. The weather must be changing. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about politics. Not much for me, but we'll talk about it. But how many of us, how many of us really ever just talk about Jesus? Jesus how he is the way, the truth, and the life, and how no one can come to the Father but by him. We talk about it among ourselves, our Sunday school classes, maybe in church, but we don't really talk about it that much in the world, not near what we should. I will close by giving you a hypothetical situation and uh, I think it says a lot about how we live. Raleigh, I got a gift for you. I'm going to give you a brand new car. It's going to be a luxury car. I mean, it's going to have all of the gadgets on it. I mean, it might even have a blue and red tooth on it. I don't know. You know, it'll have all of it. The only thing about it is, though, there's one catch to the whole deal. You can only have the car one day a week for a few hours. And that's not all. The rest of the time during the week, the car's going to sit at my house. And on your day of the week to get the car, I'm going to come over and I'm going to let you ride in the passenger seat. And I'm going to drive and then after a few hours, I'm going to drop you back off and take the car back to my house. That's not much of a gift, is it? He's looking at it. Well, I ain't never had nobody drive me around. But, <laughs> but uh, that's kind of how we do God. We put him in our lives a few hours, maybe a week, maybe twice a week. He's in the car, and then when we have him enough in our lives, then we just drop him off, and we go about our way the rest of the time. We don't think about it until the next week. That's not really living out our faith. That's not faith in action. Faith in action 
is living our lives in such a way that everyone knows we are faithful. I want to be faithful every day, and I hope you do too. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you that you are a God who is faithful to us. Even through your spirit, we see the action of that faith played out so many times. Prayers, help, understanding. But Lord, it's always lacking. Sometimes we think about those that are in third world countries that have these uh, incredible needs in their life and our hearts are turned to them. Sometimes we think about those that are victims of natural disasters and storms that come and we have compassion for them. Sometimes we think about starving children on another continent and we have compassion for them. But Lord, the sad reality is is sometimes we forget the person sitting next to us that really needs to have a word of encouragement in their life. So Father, as faithful people, help us to put our faith in action. Help us to be alive in Christ. And Lord, we give you the glory in all things. For it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.